Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset, where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to Better Business Brewing with JB in the dock. Guess which one I am. I am drinking tonight as always. So for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome to BBB, where we always crack a beer, open up a bottle of bourbon, a bottle of wine, whatever it happens to be, Heck, even a uh, iced tea or a power drink from time to time. Pre-workout. It's a pre-workout. Right? There you, there you go. Uh, so if you are joining us and checking this out, then do us a favor. Go ahead and join us in a little bit of a toast. I can tell you tonight, I am drinking a little uh, Havana Lager, a little local drink. You had one before? Havana Lager, yes, I have. It's been a while. so I can't remember the profile, but... Yeah, it's a good little amber lager. It's a bright one. It's it's good. I like it as a local concrete beach. It's a nice uh, nice little brewery. So here in the in South Florida, it's not a bad one. I, excuse me while I crack this bad boy. I'm partaking in a lovely uh, on amino energy pre workout. Um, not too strong today because it's kind of late, uh, so I don't want to be up all. Although I'm one of the few people that caffeine has zero effect on the way it should. Like I can drink probably 300 milligrams of caffeine right before bed and then pass right out. Not always the best, but hey, that's what it is. I understand it, but God bless you. But if I don't have the caffeine, then we're falling asleep right the second. Yeah, well, Doc, here's to you, buddy. Cheers. And here's to all you out there. So don't forget to throw in the comments what you're consuming at this time. Remember, we like, uh, it could be alcoholic, could be non-alcoholic. We, we have no judgment. As you can see, we're pretty eclectic in our beverage take yeah, I, ju I just love the fact that we get to have a beer and and have conversations like this and and do it on you know the Facebook group on LinkedIn. You know, this is a podcast that's coming out after the fact, a week later or so. Uh, but it's a nice change of pace. Be able to answer some questions live and just have some fun. We like fun. We do we do? So I should I should bring it up for all our podcast folk. If you are listening in, it's your first time. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab. We real talk with real professionals, sometimes just the two of us, which it will be tonight. Uh, and our whole goal is to give you something good to work with, some insights, some wisdom, something that'll help you be a little bit of a better professional or business. With that said, we do ask if you're checking us out, give us a like, a subscribe, a follow, find us on YouTube, find us on Spotify, whatever you listen, wherever you listen or watch, give us some love so we can impact even more people. We're growing it and we would love your help. We really enjoy when you click all the little buttons especially the ones with thumbs up and hearts and subscribes and bells. Yep. I think they covered all of the buttons they have. I think so. I don't like the thumb down one. I'm not a fan of that one. So you can leave that one alone. <laughs> you, you just got something against this random stranger that keeps giving us a thumbs down on each of our videos. We get one thumbs down on every one of our videos. Just, okay. <laughs> we, we have, a, we have an enemy. Out. We, we, we literally have an enemy on YouTube. We don't know who it is. If you're they listening into this, 
we're sorry. Oh, they're definitely listening. They're still consuming. They just they just want to troll us. Are, are we definitely sorry though? I'm not. I'm not actually sorry. Like if, if anything I say actually is out there offending people, I I'm shocked because I'm pretty pretty even keeled on our stuff. I feel like I'm sorry that they have to. Never mind. Mm. <laughs> mm. Anyways, that's the pre-workout talking. <sighs> that's working together for a long time. <laughs> We know you can't pause. make that timing up. I swear. I swear to God. All right, Doc. You know it's my favorite time of year, right? You, you know this year beyond any other time of year is my absolute favorite. Pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah, that's it's spot on, and a little bit of college football. And who uh, doesn't who doesn't pair a pumpkin spice latte with the tailgate and some college football? Interesting enough, the same initials, Penn State Lions. Pumpkin. Yeah. Wow. I I never. So maybe I'm not really a PS. <laughs> maybe I'm just a pumpkin spice fan. Uh, it is my favorite time of year. Week zero college football. This is being listened to on our podcast, and it's officially going into week one of college football. Very exciting time. Really, really interesting year with NIL, Doc, uh, name, image, likeness, rights. Players can get paid. They can sell their merchandise. Uh, boosters are kind of all over the place. Schools are setting up. Yeah, you know, almost like pack equivalents. You know, where where you're really getting collectives together to to sponsor these kids. It's a very very different environment than it was just a year ago in a multi billion dollar industry. It's crazy. We didn't think we'd ever see the day that um, they would bring in money into college football. You catch some of that sarcasm there. Um, but it's probably the first time in that I can imagine that they've actually legally thought about the players. I mean, I would imagine boosters have been paying one way or the other as a growing up a hurricane fan. I know once or twice that's probably happened. Um, but yeah, first time legally that they've come to at least some sort of ways of getting some of the athletes, some at least recognition for all their hard work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to see that some of these kids are, you know, pretty much going to be, basically on salary i think university of texas the entire offensive line is going to be basically on like a three thousand dollar a month salary or whatever it happens to be i i think it's admirable i mean this is you can say it's not professional the nfl is professional but they treat these kids like professionals they're expected to act and behave like professionals and they certainly have the workload of professionals so why not pay the kids yeah i mean at least uh <clears throat> If you're making money off their backs, you should, they should probably reap some of the rewards. I guess that would be the easiest way to kind of think about it. Now, obviously, there's pros and cons to a lot of this, and um, I'm sure we'll go on through some of those today because nothing is usually as cut and dry as, like, and this obviously is not the perfect solution. This is a solution. Um, it's a better solution than probably it's been in the past, but it's still there's still a lot of room for improvement on a lot of this. Well, it's fascinating. I, I, I mean, really, it's fascinating, not not because of what it is so much as because of what it's going to create. You know, we're just on the on the cutting edge of innovation here within a very entrenched sport. I mean, the NCAA has had just, you know, it's, it's claws in, in sports on the collegiate level and with these kids. 
and they've con completely controlled everything. And now all of a sudden the NCAA is on the verge of like being swept away, you know, forgotten about by all these conferences. And, and you see all these schools, all these ADs, these athletic departments and directors, uh, you see the institutions, you see the boosters, you see the collectives, they're all struggling to figure out exactly what to do and how to do it. And some are kind of, you know, playing it safe and some are playing it very aggressively. Uh, and we just don't know where, where everybody's going to land, but uh, the cat will land on his feet think in this case well and it's interesting because obviously we're talking a lot of business on on this podcast and on this bbb tonight um it's our general work and this is very business related right i think it there's a lot of lessons to be taken from what they're doing and how can it be applied to just a standard business one of the things i think about right away is the idea of this was to make it a little bit more fair for the players um but there's still a lot of unfairness to this because we know certain players that were probably getting the money off the table are also now getting a lot more of the money on the table. So it's not like going equally across the team of who gets what is still going to be very specific to superstars. Um, and that also goes with the teams, right? So we don't have to mention any teams outright, maybe Alabama uh, might have some more money thrown at it to be able to put towards their, their team and say, you know, a small school in Wyoming, right? Um, so there's still going to be a lot of that where it's not, there's no equality to it. Um, and that's still going to make it a very unleveling playing field because now the richer have a chance to get richer. But much like business, that's kind of the same way we'd see it, right? Like if you own a business and you have more capital, you have a better chance of being able to buy more ads, you know, being able to leverage um that capital in a way that some of the smaller companies can't, which is why you see companies like Amazon, Apple and such explode because they have the capital to leverage it to, to take out some of the smaller markets. Well, here's the, here's the thing I find really interesting about this doc. Uh, you're right about superstars, right? Your superstars are already get, always going to get paid. You know, the, the, the biggest names, the biggest potential, the biggest upside are always going to get these deals and land these deals. I, I think you got one kid that made like a million bucks, walked away from the team, transferred to another school I mean, he already got paid. <laughs> Does he just keep the money? I guess so. doesn't matter if he played or not. I mean, that was the investment. It was just made into his name. But what's really interesting is when you take the superstars out, you, you put, put, push them to the side. It's not about the superstars. It's about all the regular players. It's how they measure their value and the team's collective value, right? Let's, let's take all these players and let's value them. Right? We're going to assign a value to these players and we're going to add up. And this is what the team is worth. And yeah, teams like Alabama obviously have a, have a ton of, of money coming in. But the way they're valuing individuals right now and teams is social media influence. So we're talking about college athletics. So we're talking about the NIL. But are I mean, we are still talking about just business, you, you and I, because we have social media cash. Right. We, we have certain influence. We have certain amount of followers we have, you know, on certain platforms and that is worth value. And that is really how they're assigning values to their, these players. And I think it's really, really interesting. You have a few thousand. Well, maybe you're worth 10,000 or 20,000 bucks. You got tens of thousands. Well, now you're worth a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars from a name image likeness perspective, really incredible the way it works. And I mean, the value speaking of value and what that brings to the, we're talking about the players right now, and this is a new aspect of it. Uh, but taking that same example of how it is obviously a business, and they managed to find the money somehow, 
the same team we we're just talking about, Alabama, uh, their coach, Nick Saban, just got what, $93 million contract? Uh, spread out over some years, but it's uh, over $10, $11 million a year to coach college football. Um, so the money's there. It's oh, just yeah. magically now finding its way to, <laughs> to trickle down a little bit, uh, and, which sounds a lot that, like business also, if you think about those same companies we mentioned earlier. And, and it is amazing because it's kind of like this, uh, the CEO problem, right? Yeah, how can one person be worth tens of millions of dollars and somebody else is worth oh, 10,000 or 20,000? Yeah, but you know, they're, they're the CEO and then, you know, these, these kids are really employees. Um, I do, I do like to crack a joke here though. I think you and I got to be combined worth at least, at least like $23. <laughs> if, we, if our NIL was out there, like at least the two of us, $23. I mean, maybe 22 after this podcast, but <laughs> right there. Oh yeah. Right there. Uh, but drawing that parallel that you're just talking about with the CEOs and stuff. Um, again, you don't have to point out any names, uh, but I don't think they're going to ever be our sponsor. So why not? You know, you take a company like Walmart, um, which are owned by the Walden family. Now it used to be, you know, as we know, back in the day, just Sam Walton, the, the father. Now it's, I think, two brothers and a sister, I believe. Um, either way, there's a bunch of siblings involved and all of them are on the highest paid or highest. Um, yeah. Highest paid list, as you would say. I think they're. They wealthy. They're very wealthy. I want to say it was like three three of them are in the top 10 in this country. Um, At least two of them are. Uh, But yes, so they're also known for their practice of, and supposedly getting a little bit better at this, but underpaying their employees because they're also one of the biggest welfare recipients um, in in the country as well. The employees of Walmart. And of course, it gets turned back, put into the company. We won't go into all that. But, you know, that shows how even in that kind of business, there is such a big um, difference in the people that are putting out the product as the people that are, are running the product. Um, same thing with, you know, they fought for insurance for so long, they weren't making them full-time employees, just so they would have to pay insurance the same way the college students now weren't getting covered if they get injured the same way. So you can see a lot of parallels in college football, as you would see in the business world. And it's now finally being realized that it is a business when it was they were trying to cover up that fact, I think, for so long or bury that fact, at least. Just read a really sad article about Walmart. There was a teacher that quit teaching because he could make more working at Walmart. So I think they are getting better at that. Probably not by choice, but by, or, by necessity. <laughs> or our school systems are in real freaking trouble. As I was reading that, I mean, if I was reading that article, I'd be the first question was be like, maybe we're not paying teachers enough. <laughs> a whole nother spectrum we can go off on there. Uh, but just drawing that parallel of like how sports are really... Oh, we think of it as entertainment, but it's really more of a business, right? Um, oh, there's nothing about college football. It's about education. Very little. Um, I'm sure there's little aspects, but very little, very little, right? It's mostly about running a business and the, the parallels between sports in general. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the pro sports here in a bit too. Um, if you haven't caught on our theme for the day is sports and business. So I'm sure we'll cover a little bit more of the spectrum, but yeah, just the idea of that is, is absurd that it's taken so long to kind of draw that parallel. Well, and, and here's, here's my favorite line I'm going to draw from this idea that athletes are in a professional business, because I think a lot of professionals don't consider themselves in business. 
right? They're professionals, but they, they work for somebody else. They're not in business. Uh, but the, these athletes are now treated as if they're in business. And most professionals should treat themselves as if they're in business. There's a stark difference between a professional that runs their work like a business and those that don't. And, and I think the quality of the professional is just tremendously higher when they when they take that into account. Uh, when you start running from a profit loss perspective, when you start looking at intrinsic value of who, who you are and what you do, when you start looking at your time as an investment and what's the ROI on my time and the return on my time and so on and so forth, uh, I, th I think you just you become better at what you do. And athletes, athletes are, no pun intended, coached on this and, and professionals probably ought to be as well. And that's not us tooting our own horns here as coaches, although I think there's something to be said about that. Toot, but, toot. I, but professionals need to treat themselves as business owners. You need to run your profession as a business. If you do, you're going to see yourself really level up, I think, in a whole lot of uh, your expectations on what you can accomplish. That brings up another interesting point about how athletes have a very unique sense in, in the world of professionals. So especially now if we talk some professional sports. Um, if we think about an athlete in professional sports, it's very unique in a sense of business. Cause if you work, you know, if you work for a company, uh, no matter what company it is, you generally work in an office and your job is around the company. You're not usually the individual, right? You might have an individual role. You might have an individual title, but when you go out to promote the company, you're not actually usually promoting yourself as well, right? You're usually just promoting the company and the business that's in hand. Whereas athletes are very unique in that world is they're a brand within a brand, right? If you take someone like LeBron James, he works for the NBA. He gets paid by the LA Lakers. So he works for a bigger corporation, the NBA, and then another corporation inside that, uh, a team um, being the Lakers, which pay the salary, but still have to follow all the rules of the NBA. So he's under two different brands. But if you look at LeBron James himself, he is a bigger brand than all of them, right? He has his own company. He you know, his likeness makes money off his face, his ability, his shoe, um, his agency now that he's come up with that. So he is a brand within a brand within a brand. And that's very unique to athletes you don't see in a lot of worlds. Um, and knowing how to leverage that and taking advantage of that to the right way, a lot of athletes don't. Um, and that kind of awareness of the uniqueness of what you do in your individual life plays a role on your brand but also can play a role within your standing within the league. But it shouldn't just be for athletes. I, I mean, think about what you just said. You know, I, I work for a company or an employer, even if I'm a business, I, I have a commodity, I have a product or a service that I sell, but anybody else can sell my product or service. I mean, there's nothing out there that any of us do uh, product or service wise that is so damn unique that nobody else can do it. There's just not. So the only way to develop something truly unique is based around us specifically. It is our brand that matters. And I think your best salespeople are, already know this doc, but a lot of the others out there don't realize this. Your brand is what sells. People buy from who they like. And so if you're not going out there and doing something to brand yourself as unique, whatever it happens to be, I think you're missing the boat as a professional and business owner, just completely missing it. Athletes get that right, the good ones at least. Well, that brings some of the challenges in businesses because how do you build out your own personal brand? Like when certain companies uh limit how well you can you know promote yourself inside outside of that contract people build in those non-compete clauses um there's all kinds of ways that that companies themselves try to prevent that from happening which is very archaic thinking because you really want someone inside your brand to have a brand 
because that helps draw eyes to it if you think outside the box. But a lot of older companies especially don't kind of think that way. Um, it's where we see a lot of the influencers um, in the younger generation really taking taking control of their own lives and becoming their own brand. And some of them still within other businesses. I mean, we could take us, for example, if you're watching us on YouTube or have, uh, you'll realize on the screen right now, we both have, we're JB and the doctor, all the stuff that scrolls on the bottoms is JB and the doctor, our website, all that stuff attached to it. But if you look next to our names, we have our individual Instagram accounts uh, because we're individuals inside this brand. We both have our own brand inside of our brand. Um, and, there's no competition with that. And we know that it is, if we build anything outside of this, it only helps the inside of this. Plus I learned not to ask who, who the favorites are because I didn't like the answers. Well, that happens. There, there, there is something to be said though. You know, you can, even within the constraints of working for an employer, you can, you can brand yourself. You know, when I, when I worked in the financial services industry for a fortune 50 company, big name starts with crew ends with Enchel. Uh, you know, there, there was, you could be the CE guy that was offering CE. You could be the entertainer guy that was bringing people out, uh, to, to games and doing sweets. You could be the fisherman or the outdoor hunter that was bringing people out shooting and skeet shooting. You could do all those things. Personally, I like to do all of them. Uh, I like to do a lot of different things. You could do workouts with people and get people into the gym or go running with people. I knew somebody to go meet somebody at 5 a.m. to go run with them. That's how we earned the business. You can brand yourself. Mm -hmm. He was crazy. I mean, man, I, I've never traveled like an hour to 5 a.m. to go run with somebody to earn their business. That is devotion. But that is a unique value proposition. That is what sets you apart. And so you can you can always brand yourself. Like, for example, what's your brand? I mean, if I were to ask you, Doc, kind of, hey, what's your brand? What, what would you say? Uh, super sexy doctor. It's not quite what I expected, but I'm a fan. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. Brand in my own head or brand in reality? <laughs> I ask for specifics. You do whatever you want. I, somebody thinks you're sexy. I'm sure there is one person out there. Obviously not the person who puts the thumb down, but there is one, <laughs> at least one person out there. And if you are, go ahead and please put the thumb up. No, right that's now. the person who thinks it. you're sexy. They, they're putting the thumb down because I talk too much. I mean, that's clearly what's going on. It's a thumbs down for me, not you. Come on. I will, uh, I will take whatever I can get at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody else want to put a little thumbs up in the chat, feel free to do that right now. Yeah. And if you're watching later, you can do it later. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think to answer your question a little bit, um, more seriously, I mean, obviously a doctor psychology stands out behavioral mindset expert. Uh, those are the things that I kind of get branded on and teaching empathy. If you're talking business, if you're talking around my circle, it's going to be someone who's always willing to listen, put in the effort um give more than they take i'm sure a couple other things super sexy in there somewhere uh, there our brand kind of gets it's been a long day i need someone to tell me they love me and i know it's not going to be you so i was going to say it's good thing you're broadcasting <laughs> on social media someone out there loves you at dr andre crusoe on instagram <laughs> <laughs> okay this is where watching on youtube also helps Oh, oh man, beautiful, beautiful stuff. <laughs> Sliding to our DS The production quality of this is untouchable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Brand matters. Brand absolutely matters. Just the fact that we're out here laughing and having a good time and we're doing this on LinkedIn in front of potentially thousands of people, uh, 
you know, that that's a cool thing. I don't think a lot of people are willing to have a beer and open up and be themselves in a public forum like that, that is traditionally so, so buttoned up. That's part of our brand. And that's something that, that I think we live pretty strongly by that. We want to be authentic to who we are in our brand and, and most professionals uh, out there. If you aren't doing something like that, maybe it's time to rethink because those influencers, the, the younger generation, they understand something that I think a lot of older professionals don't, you can do it. You can be yourself. The authenticity, it, it matters. And it's probably matters more now than it ever has um, because it's so much easier to see through what's not true. I like that it rhymed. I have to coin that somehow. And that's that's maybe something that athletics hasn't figured out yet for the most part, because you do see that as a very controlled organization uh, in, in what they say and how they say it. Um, very careful with with what they put out to, to the media, but they're also under a microscope, and that's the trade off. You have to recognize that once you get to a certain level, you're going to be under a microscope. But I think we're even seeing some of that shift, um, probably in more sport, like maybe like basketball, where people you know can be a little bit more individual because the nature of the sport, not wearing a helmet, front and center. Um, but we are seeing some, especially some of the younger players that are coming out, really showing their personalities and. You know, you, if you're on Twitter or something, you kind of get to see some some really funny stuff. And um, some people are just really cringe at it. <laughs> they're trying, but they're not as good yet. But um, I think it's something we're starting to see more and more of in sports and hope and in, in the real world. And, you know, I'm a fan of that authenticity. Can't say it, but I'm a fan of it. So any advice for our listeners and viewers out there, Doc, just kind of how to be authentic online without getting yourself locked away in a box of uh, being shut down and canceled, canceled. I didn't, I didn't even want to say the word. I, I didn't even want to say it. I'm scared. Of I knew where you're headed. I think this goes for most things. Um, be willing to put out whatever you're willing to risk, right? So if it's something you're very strong belief about and, you know, that holds really deep to you, then you shouldn't be afraid to say it if you're willing to back it, right? So if you're willing to come with whatever the outcome is from that, then go ahead. If you know that could be a challenge or if you're in a position where you can't just be that way, you have to take that in consideration. So having that perspective of, of what it means for yourself and what you're willing to give up for that kind of freedom, like most freedoms, we have to give something to get them. Um, so just be willing to give up whatever that is that might happen from that. Be willing to get canceled if you're going to say something that's very controversial. Uh, be willing to understand that everyone's perspective is not the same. Be willing to realize that someone's going to hit a thumbs down button on your YouTube video occasionally just because they don't like you or don't agree with you. It happens, and you just have to be willing to stick to whatever your whatever your belief is and whatever that truth is because the flip side is there's going to be people that like it. So you just have to be willing to take both. I like that advice. You know, it, if you're going to put yourself out there, put yourself out there for your beliefs and values and, you know, be okay with getting canceled by a certain part of society if that's what you really strongly believe in. You know, there's always a risk to get canceled. Uh, you're never going to make everybody happy. Uh, you saw that recently. I haven't even seen it yet. House of the Dragon or whatever. There was like a, a, a birthing scene or something. I saw the headlines and people are shocked that they weren't forewarned about it. It's like, what, is this show supposed to like share every detail of what's going to come and come up and you get people really upset and that's, that's okay. They have a right to be upset if that, if they feel really strongly about it, that that is their right. There's nothing wrong with how they feel. But I think, you know, whether you're a show, you're a business owner, you're a 
professional, whether you're an athlete or not, if you really believe in something, you gotta, you gotta hold to it and you gotta be willing to take that risk and you should be comfortable because it is something you feel strongly about. That said, maybe don't go out on the limb on some of the stuff that you really don't care about one way or the other, play that a little closer to the best nowadays. Not a bad idea. Unless that's just your stick. Cause you know, sometimes there's those people out there that are, don't believe anything that they're saying, but they know that it sells tickets. So that's why they do it. Oh, so keep that in mind that. too. But one more thing on just and liars and conmen. What? I just want to touch one more thing on the idea of cancel culture. And I think this could be a lesson for everyone. Hopefully um, I'm going to talk a little bit about empathy here because I think empathy is huge. And yes. there's usually a misconception around what empathy is. Empathy is just understanding that people are different. Uh, we don't always have to agree. Generally don't always need to agree. Generally shouldn't always agree. Uh, but having empathy just means that someone's different. We understand that they're different. I don't have to agree with that person. I don't have to accept it. I don't have to co-sign it. I just know that they're different and I'm having that empathy. And when it comes to canceling, sometimes not everything needs to be canceled. Sometimes we can just have disagreements. We can just believe something different from the other person. And that is okay too. That's what makes the world goes around is just being different. And we're all different. We're all unique. So just give that give that a little thought. I'll tell you what to do. Just give that a little thought. Food to think on. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if Disney got rid of it. it's a small world yet, but boy, you could be the brand ambassador for that ride any day, man. I have that song. Uh, I do like that ride though. You know why? It's air conditioned. Yeah, it is. And it's long. I mean, that is a long <laughs> we'll be sitting on that little boat for quite a while. And when you're out in the Florida sun, especially when yeah, you know, a little one that you're dragging you around a park a lot, um, which you keep in mind because I know you're probably going to go up there sooner than later. Uh, each park has their it's at Universal. I love the Dr. Seuss ride because air conditioned. It's a, a small uni world. Universal for air all my Amex card holders has an Amex lounge, if you didn't know. So, boom, I just saved you a bunch of money on water, soda, and air conditioning. And a little privacy if you got little kids. The American Express Lounge at Universal is clutch. Sorry. Or Dr. Seuss's ride, whatever. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta do both. That is. We do have a few comments as as we're reading here. Brand is vital. It is a representation of you. I definitely agree. Do you have a name on your side? I can't I get Facebook. I'm not I'm not on Facebook. I can't yeah. I can't see the name. Sorry. So just FYI for some of you that might be commenting on our end, uh, we can just see the platform that you're you're commenting from unless you've given permission to use the thing. And I think you have to push a button or something. Maybe it's, words. maybe it's somebody intentionally anonymous giving us a thumbs down on YouTube because they it don't could like be. our brand. Or they just might not be aware. So we're just letting you know that if we didn't say you say you by name, it wasn't a slight. We are just, we see Facebook user at this point. I like to think it's somebody in marketing or branding for Facebook. Just to guess, oh. just to guess. I, 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 I'm going to leave it at that. I think it, I'm, I'm not looking, but um, yeah, brand's important all across the board. All right, Doc, we're already at 30 plus. That's all I got for us tonight, man. And all this talk about college football, I'm, I'm just like starving. My, my team's playing on Thursday. I cannot wait. I took the entire night off. It's on my calendar. That's how you know it's for real. If it's on my calendar, it's for real. If it's not on my calendar, it does not exist. So food for thought, uh, I would love to hear in the comments because we're not going to go into it fully now, but talking about how sports have become a business, what I will be doing on Thursday night is my fantasy football draft, which if you look at sports today, 
so much of it leans totally into fantasy football and, and the gambling around it. So which more shows another business aspect. So I'd love to hear some comments about that from any listeners. Uh, send us a DM, shoot us a message, throw some comments on whatever platform you're watching us on. Um, that would be a great discussion. It might be a future conversation we have on a podcast. Dude, must ask question for all of our listeners and viewers out there. Do you auto draft or do you actually like you do the work? You do a draft party with anybody? I mean, what's what's the deal? What's what's the story here? How serious are you? Uh, we're all spread out throughout the country, so the draft party uh, just kind of happens in the chat. Um, but yeah, uh, and if you're on auto draft, you better have a really good reason because you suck and your team's gonna suck. So if anybody wants to really <laughs> bust the doc's balls, come Thursday, just just carpet bomb him with a bunch of texts and DMs and messages on Facebook and just screw with his draft. As most of you have done in a football draft, no, there's a lot of downtime in between picks. <laughs> He's looking forward to it. He's like, please get it. So feel free. Uh, I can, I'll love the entertainment. And um, and generally what happens is whoever I'm picking is picked right before me anyways. So then I'm scramping for the next 30 seconds or so. So it's usually what happens. So, so, so quick recap here, Doc. Your brand is vital. Run yourself like a business. If you're going to put yourself out there, be aware that you could get canceled, but maybe have some empathy for some other people too. I miss anything. Uh, slide into our DMs if you want to. He is a super sexy doctor, so don't forget that. That's obvious. <laughs> I'm done here tonight. I'm out, man. And I wouldn't even the one drinking. It's all pre-workout, man. I'm ready to go kill at the gym. <laughs> Keep that sexy going, brother. We got to go do it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a great night, rock stars. I'm JB. I'm out. Peace out, yo.